Welcome to the Life Art Music Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Life Art Music Podcast. I'm your host, Fabio de la Luz. And this podcast is all about musicianship, entrepreneurship, life, of course, art, of course, and music. What I plan to do with this podcast is bring a community together to more or so help everyone kind of find the common ground that, that can help each other within art, within music and life. And and hopefully we can share each other's stories to bring the common ground between each other and help each other that way. Art has a huge horizon. It can span many, many different career paths. And uh, so can music. Music ranges everything from, you know, being a guitarist, pianist, drummer, to even, you know, an engineer, audio engineer, like what I do. Um, I also play guitar, but I love art. And uh, the whole point, to reiterate, the whole point of the podcast is to bring this community together and help each other out. Although we may be competitors in the same game, it, it really doesn't matter because we're not trying to sell to each other. We're not trying to um, sell mixing services or graphic design services to other engineers or graphic artists like that that would never make sense so here to help each other out and make a stronger stronger you a stronger community to to get to take over your your local area or you know to to help expand your business to help expand your life help you out where you struggle the most i i struggle too i'm i'm looking you know, to see if maybe I can kind of touch base with some of you out there and I can learn a thing or two. If not, maybe I can teach somebody a thing or two about the way I do things. And hopefully that helps somebody. If it doesn't, that that's totally okay with me. But at least I want to be the bridge point between one person and another. I plan to bring some guests, you know, in the future. I really want to bring some valuable listening content to everyone bring everyone to a group, you know, and and share ideas, what you want to hear on here. We will be going through I'm I'm a mix engineer, so we I will be talking a lot a lot about mixing music, my challenges, my uh, accomplishments, but also I want to hear uh your guys' stories as well. I want to take ideas on who to bring on, what kind of topics you'd like to cover. Also, maybe if you would like me to go in depth on some of these topics and make a few different episodes about them, which would be okay with me. So without further ado, I would like to start off by giving you a short story of who I am, what I'm about, and hopefully you can get to know me a little better and kind of have a point of view for where I'm sitting. At the moment, I'm 26. I'm from the high desert, Hesperia, California. For those of you who don't know where that may be, it's a little speck of dust on the way to Las Vegas. Usually people know this place by uh, our In-N-Out. That's right next to the uh, the freeway. And uh, that's about it. That's, that's all there was when I was growing up there. 
Uh, it's a very, it was a very quiet community there uh, growing up. It was, uh, it's a desert town. So as you can guess, there's not a lot to do. A lot of kids there growing up uh, got in trouble, you know, um, as kids do. But uh, when there's not much to do, uh, we find things to break, things to steal. Who knows? It's just, it's just a big mess, uh, at least when I was there. Can't speak now for you know people growing up there right now, but that's where I'm from. My uh, my parents, they're Mexican from, uh, of course, Mexico. Where else? I'm the first generation here, first generation born here. I have uh, two siblings. They were born in Mexico, and then uh, came over here. You know, of course, to find a better life. Uh, so my parents brought them over, and um, here I am. I. I was born in Los Angeles. I mean, uh, that's not like it really matters, but hey, I was born there. We migrated over to the high desert because uh, I think it was just a better living situation. Uh, fun fact, I was born during the Rodney King riots in 92. So that's kind of crazy, right? Um, so growing up, I was always a pretty hyperactive kid. Um, got a lot of pictures of me banging on pots and pans as drums and um I wasn't I wasn't very musical um I was not very musical growing up I mean uh as far as playing instruments there was always a guitar sitting in our home um but I you know as a kid you don't really say hey oh, I want to sit down and play this guitar or learn, dad can you learn teach me how to play or no it was uh, he didn't know how to play nobody in the house knew how to play guitar not sure why we had this guitar. I think my dad pretended uh, like he knew how to play guitar, but um, uh, the, but but he never no he never really knew what he was doing with it. It was just there. It was ornamental. It was this decorative, very decorative guitar that we had. I can't I can't even recall what brand it was, but I'm sure it wasn't any. I mean, if it was just sitting there, it probably wasn't something great. But uh, I from what I was told, I was always very. Uh, I can remember songs very well, uh, movie themes. I loved watching TV growing up, so I, I memorized all the movies, themes, and songs and stuff. And I guess I was very pitch perfect on, uh, I guess not pitch perfect, but I, I, I remembered pitch and what, what scales the songs were at. My dad would let me know, like, wow, you can, you can hum or, or sing that song as it was playing in on the TV. Um, 30 minutes ago, and it was just spot on. I was like, okay, cool. But it wasn't until um, about the age of 13 when I discovered music. I didn't have uh, much other hobbies before that other than playing video games, which was not, of course, productive. I mean, some may argue that music is not very productive either, but at least you learn something and at least kind of stretches the brain a bit. Uh, But yeah, I... My dad, I, I, I had a, I piqued my interest in playing guitar. Actually, the one person that piqued my interest in playing guitar was Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. He, just I remember discovering them um, with one of my best friends growing up, Jacob. Uh, if you're listening, Jacob, you know who you are. Um, or, of course, you know who you are, right? Duh. Uh, but... Yeah, we we would stay up all night at his house listening to Blink-182. We thought it was the coolest thing ever. 
memorize all their songs. We would, we would, both eventually wanted to play instruments just like them. Like I, I wanted to play guitar just like Tom. And he, he got a bass. His parents got him a bass. And he wanted to play, you know, bass just like Mark. Uh, you know, you emulate, you know, what you see, especially at such a young age. So uh, we, he, we would play around together. We, you know, we would, you know, play as if we were in a band. But anyway, I, I, I backtracked. I hopped into the future. That was too far. So as I started listening to more and more music, my dad uh, said, hey, maybe it's time to get a, a guitar. And I was like, sweet, yeah. And I already imagined it in my head. And I was like, I'm going to get a guitar. I'm just going to play the fuck out of it. I'm just going to, I I'm, I already know what chords I'm going to play. And, you know, as a kid, you have this wild imagination. You really have no idea about how anything works. Like, it, <laughs> you, you have it figured out, but you really don't know what is going on with anything. You're just kind of in your own bubble. So in my head, I was already thinking, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go buy this guitar. He's going to get me this guitar. I'm going to learn guitar the next few weeks and I'm going to be great. I'm just going to rock everyone's fucking face off and it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be like the most popular guy ever. Uh, Of course, it didn't work that way. Little did I know that learning an instrument is not the easiest thing in the world. Um, I mean, some may argue that they know everything about it, but hey, those people also play like shit you know, and they're really arrogant or something. Who knows? Whatever. So we go and pick up this guitar. Uh, we bring it home. He got me a little practice amp. Little, um, it was like a Yamaha Strat-looking thing. It's just like a Strat copy. And um, yeah, I plug it in, and I'm, I'm listening to my favorite Blink albums, and I'm like, all right, let's fucking take this sucker for a spin. I remember putting on Damn It. You know, everybody knows Damn It. Anyway, yeah, so I'm putting that on. I'm like, I'm going to fucking play this right now. I looked up. It was weird. I I discovered tabs before I even, you know, got the guitar. I was like, this is how you play. And this is, these are the notes. So it it just sounded easy, you know. So I play the song or I press play on, on my CD player and try to... (laughs) <laughs> tried to start playing the song and it, it fucking just uh, did not work so well. I, I was couldn't pick faster than I can fucking talk. You know, it was just not, it was a fucking train wreck. It was the biggest fucking train wreck on the planet. I'm glad nobody saw this. I'm sure my fucking dad heard me. I was blaring this amp thinking I was going to play everything so flawlessly because I'd listened to it a million times. No, it, it was really bad. Really, really bad. And I, I just, I think, I don't even think a guitar was tuned. Or I, he might have, you know, we might have gotten a, a tuner when I, when I, when we picked up the guitar, when he, when he bought it for me. Uh, but of course I didn't know how to use it. You know, I was just like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, put the guitar in the bag, let's go. So yeah, it was a fucking disaster. It was so bad. And I remember being like immediately disappointed. I was like, holy shit, my fingers already hurt. That didn't sound very good. I couldn't even keep up with the song. You know, you try to play along to a song and it doesn't really, didn't really quite work out that way. So anyway, lo and behold, I kind of gave up for a second, you know, and said, fuck that. Uh, that's not, that's not happening. I'm, I'm not ready to become a rock star. It it wasn't, it wasn't in the cards. Um, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't happening. 
So, from what I remember, a few days later, I pick it back up and give it another go. But this time, I chose a different song. Uh, I believe I even chose a different band to listen to. I was listening to Green Day, and I, I believe it was when it was the song "When I Come Around." I believe it was called, and it's I think it's about four chords, four power chords. And I was like, okay, this this may be a le- little easier, and yeah, and it and it started coming to me. No, I make it sound quick, but it was not quick. It was it was it was a few days before I can get those four chords to sound like chords uh, without you know the other four strings ringing out crazy and just sounding like complete crap. But yeah, it 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 started to come together, and it was a, it was probably a week or so, and this. The song, I was starting to be able to play this song, and I remember my fingers were on fire and just felt like I wanted to chop off the ends of them because, you know, all guitar players know when you first, at least you'll never forget, all guitar players never forget when they first started playing. The pain of your fingers is insane. Nothing you want to experience or, you know, who wants that, right? Nothing you'd want to experience twice. So weeks and weeks go by and, you know, fast forward, I'm, I'm playing all the pop punk stuff of the time. And as you can tell, or as you may know, the, all the songs were probably structured in the same exact way with variations in tempo and just rearranging chords and all the pop punk bands at the time, you found Glory, Blink-182, Green Day, they all used, you know, same progressions. And, you know, the only thing that really changes was the tone of the singer's voice and maybe the guitars that they played. Uh, but they were all great. You know, that that's what I was in love with. That's that's what made me fall in love with music. You know, the pop punk stuff of the time. I wanted to be, you know, these guys. And as as a kid, you kind of just look at it and it's just like, I want to do what they do. I, I want to, you know, <laughs> you know, knowing what I know now about what some of these guys were was doing or were doing at the time, you know, you may not want to say that or actually think that, but hey, you're a kid. You'll believe what you want to believe and think it's all glitz and glamour. So that that was my my entrance into the music world, and and that's that's where I rode that wave. And you know, into junior high was when I what I mentioned before uh, with my my best friend Jacob. Even a little before that, maybe or you know, I'm I'm not sure. Seventh grade, eighth grade we would just play the hell out of our guitars and just, you know, play along to all these songs, you know, sing along. I, I, I thought I could sing, uh, but I really couldn't. But hey, everyone's got to start somewhere, right? So I, I used to be way better at this than I uh, am now, I think. But maybe because I was playing more simple stuff. But yeah, singing and playing, it, it was great. You know, I, I'm not saying I was great. I'm saying it was fun fun to do when I was at that stage of learning uh, because you you know the songs, you know them line by line, word for word, and uh, you, I would be, be able to play them front to back, backwards, forwards, you know, whatever, and it was great. It was really fun, and it, it, make, it made learning that much more fun. And then come high school, I met my current best friend, John. He's actually a super talented uh you know, film director he and editor. He's really good. He's independent, works on, you know, music videos, 
all kinds of videos. You know, I, I'm not a video guy, so I can only t- say that he works on some awesome stuff. Very talented guy now. He's my best friend now, but he, uh, I met him in eighth grade, you know, around there, and we would just, um, we would ride bikes together, but he would come over and kind of jam with us and start to learn pl- play guitar too, and I would teach him everything I know, you know, all the Blink songs, and, you know, we were actually talking about this the other day. We'd be like, fuck, man, those are fun times, you know, playing in the garage and just really doing music all day and learning new stuff. And uh, around that time, um, into high school, I um, formed a band with one, two other guys, Peter and Hunter. Hunter being the drummer, Peter being the guitarist. Uh, we would switch around. Sometimes um, John played bass. Uh, I would play guitar and sing. And that was pretty much my first legitimate band. Before that, you know, I dabbled with a few other friends from junior high and we would play covers and try to do a, th- a thing. That band, that band was called This Side Up, um, and that was that was really fun. I'm not discrediting that. Uh, Alan, Alan and Steven were really they're really good guys, uh, and we played the hell out of Alan's garage, and it was great. Um, we did one show. Um, that's the only uh, determining factor as far as why I'm gonna go out and say that that was probably not the most legitimate band that I would say, but it, it nonetheless, it was really fun. And that's all it was about for us. We just wanted to have fun. We played for all our friends, you know, at, at get-togethers, you know, parties or whatever. And it was fun. Uh, anyway, Taking Second was the first band that I was in. This is where, um, in my point of learning music, was when I really felt like, Maybe I can do this like for as a job, as a thing to to make money, you know, and I, I never really considered school a priority as far as like, hey, like after this, after high school, I'm going to go to college and become a an architect or a doctor or whatever people want you to be or whoever thinks you should do whatever. That's that I didn't think that was a great idea. And they would always say, oh, but you make lots of money, lots of this. You There's so much more security, but you know what? Like, fuck that, right? Like, I mean, all, all of us as musicians, as artists, we're like, it's not really about the money always. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. You need money to live. You really do. But it comes down to your, you know, sanity, your, you know, your overall happiness. We're, I mean, as musicians, we're generally pretty crazy like we we don't think on the same wavelength as the general public as well because that's that's what makes us us so in the stages of this band as we were starting up playing shows and we were you know i had a lot of influence uh in the band i'm gonna go i'm gonna come out and say that i was kind of a control freak and I really wanted this band to do what I wanted, which was kind of bad. And I, I had a pretty shitty attitude uh, about how I thought things should work. I was not a very good team player. I was kind of a dick. It was kind of it was kind of bad. And looking back, I still talked to one of the guys, and I, I'm pretty sure uh, one of the last times that I met with him, I was like, dude, you know, looking back, you know, I was not 
very nice dude. Like, I mean, yeah, we were kids, but damn, I was kind of on a power trip or something. I'm not sure what it was. I, there were there were family issues going on and at the time, and it wasn't it wasn't a great time to be me. Uh, but you know, this is not the victim game. I'm not gonna say, hey, pity me, pity me. But you know, you're really fragile at that age, you know, 15, 16, you're, you're going through about every possible emotion at once. You figure out girls are suddenly hot and, you know, your hormones are raging and you're, you're super active and you're, you know, you got a bunch of shit to deal with at school and at home. And, you know, you just want to hang out with your friends and it's crazy. You know, it it was crazy being a kid and growing up and figuring all that shit out. So I guess I would take out my, um, my anger on on my friends and the band and um and it wasn't cool you know so I would I would so that's how it would be I would be very controlling in the beginning stages of that band I would just want to be the guy like I wanted to write it I wanted to sing it you play this you play that shit's done don't even fucking talk to me right now like it's over like that that's what the song is going to sound like yeah not good so ultimately I think we we all kind of developed a little bit of an ego. We started becoming popular uh, in the in the music scene. We started gaining, you know, fans. I guess you know we would play just about every other every weekend, if not every other weekend, and just you know build up that momentum that local bands do. But we were we were sixteen, um, so it was kind of, kind of we're really young to be at that stage. Uh, which which is cool. I'm not gonna deny that we had a really good uh, opportunity and start to everything. And at the same time, we were figuring ourselves out. Um, I my ego kind of cooled down a bit. Um, not not because I wanted to, but because the other guys were like, "Dude, let us let us write some songs too, right?" Like, yeah, we get it. You you kind of brought us together, but fuck, you know, we're we're part of this band. So I ha- I had to drop my guard uh, for a lot of it and. I had to deal with not being the front guy, the front man, you know, spotlight on me. Yeah, it was kind of an egomaniac and it was kind of fucked up. Uh, so that brought me down off my high horse and kind of kind of brought me back to earth. Yeah, and, and from then on, um, we went on to record our first demo. Uh, we actually recorded a demo when we were still playing the pop punk stuff uh, with Chris Como. Chris Como was the uh, drummer for Lorraine Drive. Um, I'm pretty sure they were signed to Lobster Records back in the day, um, and and they were they were the band in the high desert. There, you if you were stupid if you didn't know who Lorraine Drive was or didn't know you know one of their songs, you know it, it's crazy. So he was working out of Alder Street Recordings. I'm pretty sure it was called. We knew him because uh, well we didn't know him. We were hooked up through uh, through our drummers sister's boyfriend which was awesome guy jason i uh, haven't talked to him in a really long time but from what i remember he's such a he's a really good guy he he used to play back in the day i believe with with them um when he was in a, a pop punk band it was kind of like a pop punk rock band called stupid like you which is crazy side little side tangent on stupid like you um before taking second Taking second started when I was like maybe 14, 15. I wanted to join a band and this was in MySpace days. So 
you you would find these local bands on MySpace, and you'd be able to you'd be able to message them, and a lot of them message you back. It was very it was a very personal connection. Uh, I messaged this band, Stupid Like You, out of Victorville. I'm pretty sure it was Victorville, and I was like, hey. Um, Heard you guys were looking for a bassist on, you know, you. I think they posted something. I don't. I forgot how it even works on MySpace. That I figured out that they needed a bassist or a guitarist or something like that. And I, I had kind of dabbled in both, of course, because I was learning how to play guitar. I can probably pay, play bass. Doesn't make me a bassist. Absolutely does not make me a bassist. A lot of people get that kind of switched up and think they are a bassist when they can play guitar or they play guitar. That's their instrument and. Hey, I'm also a bassist. No, I don't. I don't think so. A jack of all trades is a master of none. So I can play bass, is what I tell them. And I don't think. Uh, I don't think it was gonna work out. I mean, the um, there was a drop in communication, and also they were they were quite a bit older than me. I think they were already like twenty. Like it was, it was probably gonna be weird for them to um, have this, like, 14-year-old kid in their band. But, but yeah, that uh, Jason was the connecting factor between us, uh, the band, and uh, Chris, Chris Como. Uh, so Chris Como recorded our first uh, demo, which was very, very, very pop-punk. Uh, basically a, a clone knockoff of, like, every Blink song ever written. I wrote the three songs and they were just super you know generic pop punk but nonetheless they were fun to record with him and uh we came back to do our ep months later looking back now i think we oh my gosh we we lowballed him on you know how much we wanted to pay him because i mean we're kids we don't have jobs we just were relying on the money that our parents give us which wasn't very much none of us were rich none of us had money uh, to spend like that. I mean, we're all on like cheap gear, you know, we're cheap kit, cheap amps. Like, I mean, it's fine because we were kids and just starting up, but so trying to pay an engineer what he should be paid to engineer and mix our stuff was, was going to be real tough. So all we could afford was two days in the studio with Chris. And it was quite the experience. We've never felt this. I I don't even remember feeling uh, that much pressure with things that happen now. How I felt back then, it was crazy. We had two days to do six songs, I believe. Shortly after, I remember uh, after we were done tracking, I remember uh, two days later we were already badgering him for mixes because we were so excited. And looking back now, I I kind of feel bad. <laughs> Cause that that must have been really annoying and like, dude, back off! You only paid me, uh, you know, pretty much peanuts, uh, for to record and get these things mixed. But I think he kind of liked us because he agreed to do it. I think he liked, you know, just overall working with us. Uh, I hope he did. <laughs> At least it seemed like he did. So I mean, if he didn't, sorry, Chris. Uh, it kind of ruined those two weeks that we were badgering for you, for mixes from you. But anyway, yeah, so we, we did the EP, and uh, I remember during the recording process, I had that peak of interest as I did when I first learned guitar with production. I, we went into the studio, I was like astounded by, you know, of course, the gear. I was astounded by Chris's abilities to turn our 
very, um, you know, very amateur songs, you know, my first EP type of sounding deal to what it became. It was like night and day what he did to our music and, you know, his advice. The whole process was insane to me. Like, people do this for a living. And like, I thought it was the greatest thing ever next to being a musician for a living. I was like, wow, we're we're here with somebody that does this, you know, for a living. And I started to think that maybe I can do something like that. And I, I kind of wanted to to do both. I wanted to record and be a musician and be in a band. Um, but as we all know, it's very difficult to do that. Uh, I'm not saying it's impossible because there are people out there that make it happen. Uh, there are plenty of musicians that go on tour with their bands and then come home for a few months to to work on their production career. But I'm I'm almost positive it's it's very difficult. I, I can't speak on my experience because I don't have any in in doing that. Um, but from what I hear, it's crazy. So I learned that real quick. I didn't get. I didn't have. Obviously, if I didn't have the funds to to pay an engineer what they should be paid, I didn't have the funds to buy my own recording equipment, let alone a, a computer. You know. those things were super expensive uh, back in the day. Like, I mean, I say that like I'm, you know, really old, but I'm, I mean, you got to think about how technology, it takes leaps and bounds every year. Uh, But it seems like around 2006, it wasn't like it is today. Um, A computer that could run any kind of DAW was, you know, kind of expensive and uh, not very attainable at your, you know, local Best Buy or anything like that. So um, that dream kind of kind of died off for a tiny bit, and I, I I was kind of I was kind of disappointed. Uh, so I laid off the the. I mean, I had brought it up to the band. I was like, maybe we should, you know, after doing the EP, maybe we should kind of all put our money together and try to you know build a studio in one of our houses, you know, and kind of try to do our own demos and you know probably not do the final recordings with, you know, ourselves, but have something to take to Chris, you know, because we wanted to go back to Chris because he made us sound great. And uh, he gave us, you know, excellent product. And, you know, we really wanted to go back. Come to think about it, that would have been great for us to learn how to record at home and bring Chris our demo. So, you know, you know, pre-production of all the stuff that we want to record so he can see what he's dealing with. And that way he, he can plan it out better. You know, that's what a pre-prod is for. Um, but that, that kind of died and, you know, we, there, there, there was tension in the band and, you know, as kids, we could just fucking fight. I mean, even now as adults, uh, people like to fight in bands and, you know, bicker about bullshit. But so the band, you know, soon after came to a screeching halt. Uh, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. You know, I think people disagree about things and, you know, people change. So I'm not going to pin it on anyone not going to do that, you know, because it, it just happens. So after that, we all went our separate ways and we all started new bands. We all tried to do our own thing, but it kind of wasn't the same. Uh, I kept writing music. I kept trying to make make it happen with, you know, the friends that I still had that played um, that played guitar and drums and stuff. And I did form another band, you know, after that, you know, called, called Sound the Siren. And uh, we... <laughs> We actually had a lot of fun. Like we were, we were all uh, a little older now, so we all kind of had cars and a way to get around. Uh, our bassist at the time was the main guy that was driving us around, and it was really nice of him to do that. 
he would have his dad's truck and, you know, load up all the drums and amps and stuff in the back and we would just play, you know, in Orange County and, you know, have the have the best time uh, going out to play and meet meet other bands. And, you know, I we met bands that I personally still talk to to this day, some of the people in those bands, like um, there's a guy that works with uh, JST, uh, his name's Mel. Um, he was playing in this band called Emerging from Below, and he's always been a great drummer. And we met him, at, you know, he was the drummer in that band, and and uh, he recorded a little bit of our stuff at the time too. And I was like, damn, like <laughs> another guy that's like recording what I like this is doing what I want to do, you know, like recording out of his you know parents' garage and you know playing a band and you know. I mean, we were, we we're still kind of kids, so everyone was kind of still at their parents' house, and I was like, damn, like, I need to hop on this. Like, it's becoming more of a thing, and I'm still really interested, but I can't really do it. Soon after, you know, meeting Mel and, and getting his, uh, you know, working with him, which was really fun, um, I really wanted to find those recordings, by the way. Uh, Mel, if you still got them, send them over to me. Anyway, so after that... Uh, I kind of struck a deal with uh, my brother at the time, and he loaned me he loaned me a little bit of money to buy some some equipment. And at this time, it, it was I was still in over my head. I like didn't understand that a uh, uh, being an engineer for hire is basically like running a business. So I was under the impression of if you build it, they will come, which we all know. At least we all understand by you know how much other people harp on this subject that that is not true (laughs) and we'll go into more depth about that later about how that that whole thing came about uh but in short it definitely did not work out um it was basically a loan for my brother and he kind of wanted some results to get the money back and it didn't work out and I, i don't blame him i had i had to give all the stuff back and you know he got he got his money back but I did learn a lot about production, and I still wanted to to learn more and get and just get my hands on something else, or and, and work hard to to get my own rig with my own cash. And I eventually did through through the rough times. I um, it was a few years after that, around the time I turned twenty one, uh, when my brother my brother loaned me that money for the gear at, at the age of like maybe nineteen, you know. When I couldn't, when I started to get into it, and I couldn't figure it out, and um, didn't really turn a profit, so I, you know, give it back and all that. So a few years later, when I did have the money to get my own rig and you know get get it going again, I was starting to do it in a a serious note, like I really wanted to do it. So I was 21. I mean, I'm only 26 right now, so it was only five years ago. But I put it into gear, you know, and and I put in the hard work and five years worth of time, also taking advantage of numerous resources like Nail the Mix, uh, you know, and Stop Recording Machine guys, you know, the Six Figure Home uh, Recording Studio guys too, Brian Hood, Chris Graham, you know, I learned a lot from them. If it's not production, uh, it's about, you know, business values and how to run your business and what, you know, how you should do things. So from then until now, um, I'm definitely... Uh, in the mindset of this is going to be me as far as like being a producer and, and being in the production business as far as, you know, having my studio and mixing. Mixing is my big thing. I really love mixing. So 
with that being said, it's, that's a long story short. We'll dive deep into little sections of all of that, and you know, if you guys want to, and how I learned how to do certain things, and what I learned from certain experiences as, as being in a band and being a guitarist. Still to this day, I mean, write my own music and you know mix it myself. Of course, that's the advantage, right? That's why we all wanted to do it. In the first place, I'm going to become a mix engineer or, or a producer because I want to record my own stuff. That's usually how it goes. That's the number one story that we all hear. I started to mix. I started to record because I wanted to record my own band. Well, that's my story too. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not more interesting than that. <laughs> but yeah, so the whole purpose of this, this group, this community that I, I want to build for everyone is for all of us to to share our stories, to uh, get to know each other, to make connections. You know, to business businesses like like ours, like you know, running a studio, being a producer, being a graphic artist, or a graphic designer. Sorry, uh, being anything in the creative uh, careers is it's all about connections. You know, so I'm, I'm I really want to take care of one another, really make this positive thing happen. I plan to do a lot of stuff, um, we'll launch a site. We'll, we'll get the Facebook community going. If you um, go and find the group, it's Life Art Music uh, Podcast Community. If you search that, you will find it. Um, you'll, see, you'll see the logo. You'll see that it's a podcast community. So go ahead and join. It's going to be open to join. It, we'll, we'll start to create some discussions in there about some episodes or even uh, throw in there some 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 questions and looking for advice. You know, we'll we'll keep it positive. We'll we'll keep it you know great for everyone to and open for everyone to you know chip in. We'll launch a site to where we can actually share things that we want to share. As far as uh, producers, maybe we'll do uh, a downloads of of certain samples that producers want to want to give out, or even tutorials that graphic designers want to give out. We'll we'll throw it on the website. Um, we'll definitely give more details for that when it comes. But with that being said, thank you all for listening. Uh, we, we, I say we, but it's really just me. I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time listening to the first episode. Um, I really uh, have a lot of big plans for this to, to actually take off and really, I really want it to work. I just, I'm saying really, like I said it about 10 times. I'm sorry. <laughs> just really stoked. Super stoked about this. Uh, until next time, stay positive. I'm going to try to do this weekly. I'm actually going to promise you guys to do this weekly. Uh, tune in next week for the next episode. We'll have a new subject up. Uh, we'll actually start to do topics. And I'm really excited for it. And I get, here I go again with really right. Fucking fuck this guy. Uh, <laughs> this is your host, Fabio. And I hope you guys have a great day. Take care. <laughs>